Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. It is always an incredible honor and a pleasure to be here filling in for Rush as he's out doing what needs to be done. And it is Open Line Friday, 800 282 2H82 rushes established the greatest risk any informer and entertainer and teacher takes when he takes calls. Now, for me, it's not a risk because it makes the show better. 800 282 2882. Clever liars subtract context, they hide context. That's what clever liars do. And I feel so manipulated in the past two to three weeks as I've watched just a barrage of information without context. Are you familiar with the phrase called Shannon information? You know what that is? Shannon information is a series of digits or uh, signals that appear to be informational. For instance, the phone number here is 800-282-2882. That number means something. But a, a random series of digits, you may look at that and go, wow, there's a lot of digits there. That really must mean something. That I, I must be able to draw information from that, but Shannon information is just it's gibberish because it's random. I've never felt more randomized by media than I have in the past week, uh, two weeks, three weeks, and by people who should be giving us context. And So let me give you just kind of where this is coming from today is I'm looking at the news. I read that there are people in another meat processing plant. We'll get into this later in the show, the details. About 900 people, I think it's a Tyson plant, who've tested positive for the coronavirus. So you hear that number, and you say, oh, okay, this thing is not slowing down. There's, we're, there's no curve being flattened. 900 people have the disease. Well, one of the most important aspects for me as a listener to Rush, and I, I have for my entire adult life, listened to Rush far before I ever dreamt I would ever have an opportunity to join the likes of, of Mark Stein and Ken Matthews in filling in for Rush. Context. 
Rush Limbaugh provides context, and I'm going to attempt some of that. So you hear this case, 900 people at, at this meat processing plant. How about this? Have you heard this one? There have been three studies of prisoners who test positive for coronavirus. Remember the, the cruise ship? That gave us great context. We said, okay, all these people were quarantined basically on this cruise ship because they were out for this cruise. And so they were held on the ship, and we did the analysis, and we learned, okay, the death rate really is not what was advertised. We're not going to see 3 million or 2 million or 1 million people die. I've yet to hear Dr. Fauci admit this. I've yet to hear Dr. Burks admit this. I have yet to hear the people who are providing some forms of information, some contained forms of information, say to you this. In the case of the prisoners, just like in the case of the cruise ship, we learned something. 96% of people who get the virus test or get the virus either positive for it, they're asymptomatic. They don't even know they have it. That is a hugely important piece of context. First of all, from a perspective of an epidemiologist, I guess I'd want to know that. I know as a citizen, I want to know that. Because as I've read about the disease, etc., I say, okay, the more people who've had it and gotten over it, the closer we are to herd immunity. And the media is beginning to slip herd immunity into things. They're beginning to slip this into the conversation. But I remember when the virus was first unfolding and on EIB, some of us spoke of herd immunity and other people on social media went nuts. I can't believe an idiot's talking about herd immunity. Now we have Sweden. We've got that example, that context. I have yet to hear enter into a real discussion to provide us this context. So we're getting some forms of information, but those information forms are steering us down one path. Now, to add to that from a personal level, this morning I was chatting with some people from EIB who were back in New York. And I've never, I've, I've, I've never gotten off a phone call with a greater slap in my face for my perception of the virus. Talking with someone this morning, those multiple people who've died, Multiple people who are sick and battling this right now. And there's the context I got. But the nation is being treated like New York City. And thank God the president has said we have got to get the economy back online. He's also said something else. And I love this. I love it so very, very much. The president has said he will bring General Flynn back on the team. Absorb that, EIB. Absorb that. Yes, and I have a suggestion. Bring General Flynn back and, and put, him in, put him in charge of the FBI. The same agency that railroaded him. So back to this theme of context. Here's, here's some information. Let's get some context. On Twitter, want to know what is the top trend on Twitter right now? At least uh, out on the West Coast where I am. Believe Biden. Believe Biden is the top trending term on Twitter. Does anyone believe this is not manipulated? Does does anyone believe there are actually people saying, oh, that's it. Joe Biden said he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Despite all of the videos we've seen. That's a a strawberry shampoo. Your mom picked that for you. Oh, your grandma. I like that. Yeah, it's strawberry mint, isn't it? We've seen this. We've watched it with our own hands. Well, speaking of our eyes, we've watched his hands creep over the front of a little girl. We've seen the cringe-worthy videos. But Biden said, nope, I didn't do it. And suddenly this is trending on Twitter. Believe Biden. What's not there? 
General Flynn. <laughs> Did you say that on the air or in my ear? Did you? Okay, so that so Bo Snerdly, the official program observer, just broke in and said, "What about believe all women? Is that there? <laughs> believe women? <laughs> no, Bo, that's not the context that Twitter's going to put across." No, we got to believe Biden because Biden is a, well, it might be that he's a woman because we don't know in this day and age, he may as well be a woman. In that case, we have to believe him. But this is the context you were getting or this information you're getting from Twitter, but no context. Do you believe, anyone believe that Flynn is not trending? Anyone. So the president says, I will take Flynn back. Please. Please do. Please put him in charge of the FBI. So let's go to information. Let's go to context. Okay, so the information we have gotten for three and a half years from this media is that Michael Flynn lied. Michael Flynn misled investigators. I have to tell you, I have heard very rarely a better example of someone who's been through legal system abuse than when Mark Stein talked about this this week, about how they will get you. I've heard Rush talk about the club, the internal club, being in the club. Here's the context. When a police officer shows up at an accident, let's say that it's, it's, it's a street cop. He shows up to an accident. Does that cop talk to his partner to say, all right, listen, uh, we're going to try to get this guy to lie. Uh, what are we going to do? Do we want to get a conviction here? Can we get him to lie? Incidentally, do we have to give that whole, if, if we end up making arrests here, do we have to do that whole Miranda thing? Or can we drop a hint that, oh, hey, <laughs> by the way, have you ever watched any cop shows? You know that thing they read you about your rights and stuff? And have you ever seen that? Because that's, you know, you should look at that. In fact, let us get you a, an iPhone and, and we'll take you to some cop shows. You can watch it on the way to the station. Did they ever minimize that? This is what happened to an American. FBI had nearly closed the, well, no, they were ready to close the case. Peter Strzok, who is a very, very honorable man, you know that because he was cheating on his wife. And he was cheating on his wife with another FBI agent who's also very honorable because she was, in fact, involved in an adulterous affair. All right, so you got that. They're texting back and forth. Do we really have to tell him about his rights? At the same time as a senior official with the FBI was making notes, can we trick him into lying? And so you end up with this Logan Act violation that has never been used. And you have ruined this man's life. And the context is this. It's Well, first of all, it's this because the media won't talk about this portion of the story. That's one of the reasons EIB is so valuable. The context is, what about McCabe and Comey who leaked information? McCabe and Comey who committed their own crimes and leaked information. This is a very important example of something that we need to understand as a nation the information pipeline that we have in the greatest information era in history is being purposely constrained. And thank God for EIB and thank God for your ability right now to share through social media. And yet, and yet in the midst of the greatest need for context that we've ever had, well, not, not ever, I don't know, that's maybe an um, overstatement, 
But the greatest need for context that, that we've had in my adult lifetime, we're getting dribs and drabs. We're getting a constrained information flow. Let me give you another example. The president of the United States said, hey, we got to get the economy back online because people will commit suicide. We'll see suicides go up. The AP fact-checked that and said there's no proof of that, no evidence. Are you kidding me? And believe Biden is trending. Are you kidding me? And if you're a woman who uses Twitter, maybe you should take Bo's suggestion. What about believe all women? Hashtag, what about believe all women? Maybe this network can get that to trend. What about believe all women? Hashtag, what about believe all women? Women's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's open line Friday, 800-282-2882. It's pretty phenomenal to sit and watch a nation be told the same, the, the liberal dogma, the same liberal dogma that exists for everything is being merchandised to you right now around the coronavirus And then you flip it. The liberal dogma around believe all women is utterly flipped, utterly thrown to the side when it comes to Joe Biden. By the way, we are going to do that on Twitter. I saw that uh, Bo tweeted that. So what about believe all women? Hashtag what about believe all women on Twitter? So the liberal dogma is this. This is one of their most dogmatic tactics they use, uh, particularly when it comes to to social issues, or anything in regard to your body. So here's here's what it is. I want socialized medicine, therefore you must have it. I want the government to be my doctor, therefore the government must be your doctor. I want to stay locked in my home, therefore you must stay locked in your home. Therefore, you must stay the blank inside. And I'm looking at this one-size-fits-none solution across the country. And again, it goes to context. I was talking to the folks at EAB this morning. People are knowing, you know, they know a lot of people have died. I've come back into Seattle. I've been, I've been working out of northern Idaho where, yeah, there's some coronavirus cases, but it is nothing like this. And yet you look at the same message points for, let's say, Pocatello, Idaho, that it is for San Diego, or it is for it is for San Francisco. And I've talked to people on Twitter in San Francisco saying, look, everyone here is freaked out. Everyone is deadly afraid. It is the case in Seattle. I saw so many face masks here. I don't see them in, I see a few in Northern Idaho, very few. But the context that we can provide in this is is also to look at what what are the agendas of people who have a, uh, have a double standard. I explain things in politics using axioms. One of them is where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. So you take the AP. AP went in, dove into a fact check. This comes from the Federalist. Went into a fact check about President Trump who said that, uh, look, there's going to be suicides when the economy contracts and and people don't have jobs. You're going to have suicides. And the AP did an instant fact check. Uh, Federalist Tristan Justice uh, reported on this. And the, the fact check was, no, there's no evidence of this. And, and get this, they even found an expert to turn to. But listen to the way this is phrased. And I guarantee the reporter asked the question this week, way. I absolutely firmly guarantee that this is how the AP asked the question to get this answer. 
So they quoted a woman named Christine Motier of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. She says, quote, it's not a foregone conclusion we'll see increased suicide rates. Well, the sun might not rise tomorrow. It's, it's possible. And that might be an overstatement, but it's possible it might rain in the middle of summer. Sometimes you have early snow in March. And then you have an historical record. You have an historical record. You have studies out of Taiwan. You have studies out of the Great Depression. You have endless studies that point to, no, in fact, there is going to be, there is likely to be a rash of suicides if the economy contracts. If you are a mom or dad, let me just, let me stop the radio host thing for a second. I'm a dad. There is one thing that animates me more than anything else in the world, and that is to make sure that as a dad, I get my child to a point of independence and health and the very, very best situation I can provide for her. Very best for her. Would I let her starve? There is not a chance on earth I would let that happen. If I could not provide... Now, put yourself in that position. You are coming home. You cannot provide. You are the provider. You cannot provide. You are the protector. You cannot protect. If you're in that situation, please don't end it. Don't. Fight it. Talk to people. But that's where it gets people because it it just goes on and on. And every day you see your bank account, account decrease. I've talked to people... They're now on credit card fumes. Like this is the last this is the last month they can float. Oh, and interestingly, they're sole proprietors of businesses, so they don't get the aid. And right on the heels of this fact check from the AP, because they are not providing context, they are providing focused information to drive home a point that is very valid in New York. New York is really scary, it sounds like, right now. There are other cities, I'm sure, that it's very scary. I had been here in Seattle when it was the hot zone. From global experts. Global suicide experts in the April 21st edition of Lancet Psychiatry. Um, The Suicide Prevention Research Collaboration is urging... An international focus to help people not commit suicide because of the economic impact of COVID-19. A group of people committed to stopping and preventing suicides is saying, let's get ahead of this. Where is this context in the AP report? Why did I have to do a search Why did I have to go into Google search and go look through academic papers? Most people don't know Google has academic search. Why did I have to do that? For the same reason that Google doesn't want you to know that there are, in fact, devices and inventions, some of them from major universities, all of them from well-funded biotech companies that do, in fact cleanse or you you clear the blood out using uh, UV rays. I heard Rush talk about this. when uh, I think it was the first or second day that Rush came back. He gave a lecture on this, on this program, and I, I sat in my driveway saying, so I know America's Anchorman reads voraciously, but he sat and taught a class on this. 
And yes, he's an army of one, but he is also one human being who's going through a tremendously challenging time, and he had it at the tips of his fingertips. That's the context the media doesn't want you to have. It is phenomenal, and yet they're going to say, I'm sheltering in place, you have to. I'm going to stay shut down, you have to. And they'll flip the script when it comes to Nancy Pelosi. You watch, they'll flip that script. Prove it to you as we continue. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. When clever liars, smart liars lie, one of the things they'll do is they'll subtract context or they'll switch the rules up. All of a sudden, the rules change. This is going on with Nancy Pelosi. You had a drive-by caller, young woman from Highland Park, Florida, asked an absolutely great question. Is Tara Reid going on the cover of Time Magazine? Because Christine Blasey Ford went on the cover of Time Magazine. And some context on this, so incredibly valuable, is you have this woman who did work for Biden. She did talk to three or four people. There are contemporaneous reports. Her mother apparently did call Larry King. I'm not going to say anything against Larry King. Oh, speaking of CNN, by the way, Anderson Cooper, you just took on the most sacred responsibility on earth, which is uh, caring for a baby. So you have a you have a child, and man, I am hoping for the health and uh, the 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 well being of you and the child, etc. So just from all of us, like that's dude, you're taking on a big job. It's the biggest in the world, and uh, my my prayers are with you for that. Um, so the rules have switched with Nancy Pelosi. And, and we, did you hear this question? Carrie Pickett as uh, with the Washington Examiner. She, she just asked Pelosi a simple question. And she provided some context. Carrie Pickett did. Because the context matters. We were told that Brett Kavanaugh ran, forgive the nomenclature, but this is what we were told, r- r- rape trains. But no one reported it at the time. No one remembers Blasey Ford knowing Kavanaugh. Blasey Ford didn't remember which house, how she got there, who took her there, who took her home. None of these things. Her social media profile was wiped. She's a professor. We're to believe that nowhere online was there any example of her speaking at any time, anywhere, for any reason, that she'd never posted anything online, not even a Yelp review. And yet instantly we were told, that's it, this is disqualifying. This is, this is disqualifying. We know that they held the information back. They know that we had it. We know that they had it. We know that they released it at an optimal time. So Kerry Pickett asks Pelosi about this. And Pelosi starts her response by saying, you know, I don't need a lecture. Well, that's debatable. You need more than lectures. You need a, a class on humanity, Americanism, on fiscal responsibility, on how not to hate the people over whom you rule when you're supposed to, in fact, be their representative. But she went on for three or four minutes trying to switch the context. And the line of the century is this. Well, I believe Joe Biden because he's Joe Biden. Got it. The same Joe Biden that has this incredible history of overtouching. You look at any of these videos that you see online of him sniffing and touching and grabbing. If you're a parent, you're going to be going, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. About your hand on my daughter's chest, you know, fingers can be removed, Joe. They can. So stop. Pelosi's flipping the script. So for coronavirus, it's the same liberal dogma. 
I'm staying inside. You need to stay inside. I say shut down the economy. I'm not going to work. You don't have you don't get to work. Same liberal script. Here comes this charge. And the media is flipping the script, too. Well, you know, there's just not much there, except there's 100 percent more than there was with Blasey Ford or any of the accusers of Brett Kavanaugh. Let's go to the phones, 800-282-2882, Rush Limbaugh Show's Open Line Friday. Ilona from Oldsmar, Florida, you are on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Good, uh, or it does, afternoon for you. Good afternoon, Ilona. Hi, Todd. Oh, it is afternoon, isn't it? I've been waiting for a while. Anyway, my question is, why did Miss Reed not come up or reveal this uh, intrusion when uh, Biden was running for vice president with Obama. Do you you not believe her? I I just want to get that on the record. No, I I do believe her. I'm just surprised that it just came out now. If you remember, they raked the coals over uh, Sarah Palin when she was a vice presidential candidate. Yeah, if you ever um, uh, spent significant time around people who've uh, been sexually assaulted? Because I think you ask a great question, and it's one that we need to examine, because, of course, we said the same thing about the uh, Blasey Ford accusations. Why now? Why all these years later? So I think it's very... uh, I really admire that you're applying the same test. In other words, you're being consistent, unlike Nancy Pelosi. You alone are being consistent. So I want to ask you, have you ever spent any significant time around people who have been sexually assaulted? Uh, Not... Not in a, in a, uh, yeah, sort of. Okay. So I have. And I won't get into the details about how that happened. Some of it came from working in the government schools where I was a discipline, uh, you know, coordinator and ran into kids who grew to trust me and came to confess to me. Um, The other had to do with uh, some some work I've done in adolescent mental health. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you tell your mom when it happens, mom, this happened. I don't know what to do. And there's some relief. And then you tell some friends at the same time. And this woman, Tara Reid, apparently told friends and her mom and others this happened. And then Biden's running for vice president and you're still processing it. And I've talked to so many victims. I should say this. So many survivors who will look and say, you know what? I I can't. I'm watching this person now pretend to be this champion of women and it's I, I can't I can't continue to function as a human until I speak out. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I just I just am familiar with the case of a woman who was molested, she says, by a teacher when she was 16. She's 26. She said 10 years later, I have to say something. I have to say it out loud. So they'll say it privately and they get some relief. And then finally, you know what, Alona, they say it out loud. And now the dam is broken. And now people know. And now, you know what Tara Reid is probably looking for is. Am I going to get the justice I thought I would? Am I going to be believed? And so far, I think the liberal media is doing everything they can to not believe her, despite the evidence. But I think that's what it is. It just builds up. Does that make sense? It makes sense. The only thing I can think of, though, is Kavanaugh. When Kavanaugh was accused, maybe that gave her some relief. But Kavanaugh was accused. Yeah, you know, and maybe now she now she'll say, yeah. "Okay, I have to come out." And... I think maybe what if, if she saw Kavanaugh accused and said, "Wow, this there's, there's no evidence that this woman had any contemporaneous right, uh, happenings." Right. And said, there's no yeah. evidence, but she did have evidence, and uh, and it's a good thing she did come out. No, and I agree with that. And I think that we're I mean, obviously we're speculating because we don't know Tara Reid, but that's just my experience around survivors of sexual assault is. They think that it's enough. I've said enough. I've said enough to people. I don't want to relive it. I don't want to be embarrassed. 
and then then they reach some point where it's the, it crosses over, and I have to say it. And and maybe it was the Kavanaugh hearings. We don't know. Maybe Tara Reid will tell us. Thank you for the phone call, Alona from Oldsmar, Florida. Thanks very much, Ron in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Ron. Hi, Todd. Uh, you're doing a great job. Thank you. And uh, if Rush is listening, God bless you. Um, so I've been taught by Rush over the years to think a certain way, <laughs> and uh, I truly believe that Hillary is behind Tara Reid coming up. Interesting. And uh, I'll tell you why. Um, Joe Biden's been in the public eye for how many years now? He ran for vice president. Um, I think that now Hillary's looking at it, at this and possibly Obama and seeing the wall start closing in, like on General Flynn, and knows that if, if Trump's there another four years, they could be in the in the heat of this. And they know Biden, there is no way he's going to be president just because of his inabilities. So I think Hillary's behind her finally coming out, and Hillary doesn't like to campaign because she doesn't have the stamina, and she can walk in after Joe is pushed out, and uh, take over all his delegates because Bernie isn't even on the ballot anymore in New York. So um, I really think she's behind this, and I think she's going to swoop in and save the Democrat Party, and more importantly, her hide. It would be so tempting for me to say, wow, that's really convoluted. And you know what else, Ron? I listen and I think about the Clinton Foundation, the the, the, the pay-to-play scheme. I, I look at the Clinton Foundation I look at the disappeared emails. I look at Hillary as the author of Obama's from Kenya. I look at their history of manipulation, selling the country of uh, of Haiti to network you know providers for internet when they needed food and water. And I was just about to say, I don't know. That's and then I think back to the Clinton, the Clinton curriculum vital, and I don't think I can say it wrong. I. I I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. That's that's okay. We're going to think about that. I'd love to get some responses to Ron's thesis as we continue through the program. Is Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network? It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. RushLimbaugh.com, place you can go and uh, give well wishes to Rush, and I encourage you to do that. Um, I've heard him speak of this on the air. Short of moments, it just. I, I drive in the car and I'm listening to El Rushbo and I heard him reference some of these notes and what they mean to him. And RushLimbaugh.com contains that because we continue to get, and I love it, I'm looking at Twitter, to calls, phone calls, people saying, God bless you, Rush, if you're listening. He'll listen to those notes. He's going to read those. And I've heard that from the team. So RushLimbaugh.com is a place you can do that. How do you sacrifice moral authority? How do you just toss it out the window? So with your kids, it's the, wait, you tell me to clean my room and yours is an absolute sty. Or, Dad, you tell me not to drink alcohol, but I know that you drink a lot. And there's a difference between knowing the right thing and doing it. That's a fact. I'm watching across the country as so-called leaders are just sacrificing their moral authority. From New York City, Bill de Blasio, who has shut down roads and he shut down sidewalks, etc. Doesn't want you making unnecessary trips. You saw the video. This is filmed by a leftist who was outraged that de Blasio and his uh, apparently wife drove 11 miles from their home to walk around in a park. And you could say, well, okay, look, he needed to get into He lives in a park. Gracie Mansion is in the center of a park. And yet, it's again, he's the same mayor who said, well, yeah, of course I'm going to the gym. What do you think? I'm not going to follow this to come all the way up to Washington State. 
you have this 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 terrible governor uh, who's universally known here as Sleepy Jay Inslee. And what's he doing? He says, we may have to have mandatory measures. Some people are not following the quarantine. Some people say they're not going to be tested. So we may have to do mandatory measures because it's not safe. Really? Well, that's really interesting. Because in your homeless camps, your friends in county government, Democrat county government, you know what they're doing? Want to know how they're having mandatory check-ins for for street people and homeless people with COVID-19? They're giving them free cigarettes, 12 beers a day, free edible pot that's all apple-flavored. Right, And we only found this out because my friend Dory Monson, talk show host out here, he got tips from nurses. Won't know what they told him? We're being forced to buy it for him. The nurses are forced to buy the pot and the beer and the alcohol and the and the and the um, yeah the cigarettes to keep them in the camps, and then they can expense it. They did that to hide it from the taxpayers. To all around the country, we see the hypocrisy of people: stay at home, stay at home. Who they're living on royalties. So New York is not Pocatello, Idaho, and Bill De Blasio is not a separate life form he's a human he should have to follow the rules and if you're going to give free pot to street people and homeless people and free beer for them to turn inside but then you're going to go to taxpayers and say oh we'll lock you up we'll charge you with the misdemeanor you are sacrificing your moral authority i'm very concerned that burks and fauci have sacrificed theirs because they won't give us this context they won't tell us the death rates are far lower across the country not in the hot spots where they live, but across the country. Let's talk to Christina Carson City, Nevada. Christina, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Christina. Hey, Todd. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, here in Nevada, northern Nevada, we're mostly rural, and especially where I live, it's mostly rural. And uh, we feel we're being punished for our close proximity to California. Yeah. So, ba- Yeah, so basically our governor is so afraid that Anything might come over here from California that he's keeping all of us under lock. When meanwhile, there's no law keeping us that way. Everybody out here is driving their ATVs and going out on their horses and doing everything they always did because there are no cases here. Well, and furthermore, and I'm not an epidemiologist or a scientist. I'm not even a full-time national talk show. So I get to do this. I get this honor when when I'm needed. But I'm smart enough to know that you're probably not going to catch coronavirus out when you're on your horse outside we've seen what sunlight does and then we get these rules i don't know if you have these rules in your state but we have these rules in in, in the state of washington um and i've seen these rules as well in california you can golf now as a twosome but not a foursome but only if the twosome um if there's a foursome only three of you have to be from the same family and and you have to say this no one there's no science or data behind that that okay four people three is good it is a mismatch, and that's how they're sacrificing this moral authority because there, there's no sense to this, right? There's no consistency to that. And, yes, Carson City is not uh, San Francisco. I appreciate the call, Christina. Thanks very much. Uh, Ralph from Westchester County, New York, you are on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Ralph. Hi, Todd. Can you hear me? Gotcha. Hey, um, my, I, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I'm retired. And uh, I got to tell you, a lot of us are moving out of here. And the main reason is de Blasio has destroyed New York City. It's, it's like Escape from New York, the movie. And uh, Cuomo has been over 
estimating COVID deaths and trying to get more money from the federal government. And I know that you're going to think this is a conspiracy or misinformation. Two of my friends, one was in a nursing home, had nothing to do with COVID, was there for two months, leg infection, pneumonia. When he died, they listed him as COVID. I think Cuomo is killing New York State, and believe me, a lot of us are fleeing. De Blasio had people coming out March 10th, going to the park. Look at his quotes. He is responsible for the majority of deaths, but Cuomo is really trying to just take money from the government, where other states, Florida and the rest of the country, have been responsible. Well, I like your thoughts. Well, my thoughts are you are an eloquent man. And my thoughts are that this is part of the context that we're not getting is if every death is a COVID-19 death, then no death is a COVID-19 death. In other words, we're right back to where we started the show. Shannon information looks like it's important, but it's not because it lacks context. That is a great call, Ralph. Thanks very much. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network on Open Line Friday, 800-282-2882 if you want uh, to be on the program. Nancy Pelosi. I, I get notes from people. Uh, when I do I do a morning show in Seattle, and I have a rule. When I play Hillary Clinton's voice for any reason, we have creepy music that we roll for about 45 seconds. And I did this because there are... Members of my audience who would, in fact, collapse in nausea and in, in illness and, and sometimes severe vomiting. So it gave them an opportunity to go across the room, get next to a sink, etc. before we played Hillary. So I, I kind of hesitate to talk about policy, but this is so important to know because she's the same as Hillary, uh, an abomination. Listen to this from, from Pelosi. I myself... Okay... Uh, should I do the grammar cop thing or let that one go? Yeah, I'm going to let it go. I I cannot my in other words, I my okay, I just can't do it. I cannot myself understand why illegal immigrants can't receive COVID-19 stimulus payments. Well, <laughs> I myself, Nancy, cannot understand why I'm not getting a paycheck for working on uh, your campaign. I, I'm I, I'm here. It is Open Line Friday, 800-282-2882, and I'm not, being, uh, I'm not being hyperbolic here. I'm going to have a quiz, okay? I'm going to have a quiz uh, for the first caller uh, that we take in this segment. So if you're on hold, I want to give you a quiz, and I'm, I'm warning you right now, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, and it's going to be based upon something I say. I'll give you the heads up when I start. And why am I doing this? Because I want people to understand the tremendous power that investigators have. People like Jimmy Comey, the disgraced former FBI head, or Andy McCabe, his disgraced former uh, employee, or, or Christopher Steele, the now we know to be a fabricator. He fabricated parts of the Russia dossier. We know that. We know that it was not just that the FBI knew there were lies in that, and that there was, in fact, in, in, in point of fact, Russian disinformation as, as merchandise through the DNC was in there that went to the nation's highest, well, not highest, but the nation's scariest court. It's a secret court, the FISA court. So I'm going to give you a quiz, and it's for, the, it's for folks who are not on hold as well, and I'm going to give you the quiz in this way. 
I'm going to warn you that you need to listen to how I restart the program. Now, we're going to run Rush's music again, but we're going to restart the program, and then you listen very, very closely. Because there's going to be a quiz, and we're going to play Perjury Trap. And I'm even giving you that warning. You ready? I'm going to restart my introduction in three, two, one. Hey, it's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's the greatest singular honor to be here. Uh, why wouldn't it be? It's the nation's, in fact, the world's largest radio show that's ever existed and probably ever will. So I want you to be a part of the program at 800-282-2882. We talked about the COVID-19 updates. We've talked about the Shannon information in the last hour. That is information that really should be useful, but, but, but isn't because it's become gibberish. We're also talking about context, and there's some context that I want to bring to the table in relation to what was done to you by the Justice Department, because this has been, it's been phrased as something being done to General Flynn. And of course, General Flynn is the one who suffered most from this. But as I've said before, you are the target of this. All of you are the target of this because you voted for a guy who was not in the club. And let's get down to point of fact about General Flynn. What was his actual sin? What was the actual crime that Flynn committed? It's not the, it's not the Logan Act. No one in Washington, D.C. cares about the Logan Act. Not a, not a soul. I've worked there. They, they, everybody's an unregistered foreign agent. If, if they travel or they do any international business, everybody's an unregistered foreign agent. Everyone who has access to a congressman is an unregistered lobbyist. It's a silly, stupid game that people play. So what was Flynn's actual crime? Well, we have this. We have, we have his nickname. Did you know that? Crossfire Razor? That's his nickname from the investigators, so that might tell you something. Oh, short hair. Oh, it's, he's walking the line. What, what was the impetus for that nickname? We know this. It wasn't a search for truth. It wasn't a search for evidence. It was a search for how do we hang this guy up or in the nomenclature of cops, how do we jam him up? And we know this from the notes of the investigators. We know. You just imagine a conversation where you've been arrested and the cops are debating whether or not they're going to Mirandize you. And, they, and it's a true debate. I don't know. Maybe we don't need to do that. That's what was done to you. So it wasn't the Logan Act. That's not it. Flynn's not the target. Trump was the target. But Trump's not even the ultimate target. You are. Because your vote upset the system to such a degree that it couldn't be allowed to stand. And what was Flynn? He was a class traitor. He betrayed his class. He went to work for a guy who was not part of the club. I got to give credit to having heard Mark Stein filling in for Rush. Uh, I believe it was Monday. Mark had an incredible monologue about the club. Hillary's in the club. She's not going to jail. Susan Rice is in the club. She's not going to jail. Jimmy is not going to be punished. Andrew McCabe may not be punished unless President Trump is reelected and cleans house utterly and completely. So what do we have to do? First of all, we've got to recognize the crime. The crime was Flynn betrayed his class. Then we look at the tactics. We know that the FBI found no derogatory information on Flynn 
There's nothing there. They're about to close the case when Strzok comes along and says, yeah, I bet I can get this guy. Well, remember, I'm giving you a quiz because I bet I can get you. I bet I can get you in a perjury trap. So he goes in and wants to take a shot at them. And Comey, with the members of the club, laughed about sending them over in this guise, this 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 casual guise. And he phrased it as, well, the Trump team, they just were idiots and they weren't prepared and they didn't go through process. Maybe General Michael Flynn didn't realize that you, Jimmy Comey, and you, Peter Strzok, were willing to stick a knife in his back because he had gone to work for someone so far outside of your club. Maybe that's why, because he thought you were actually colleagues. I'll give you something that you may not know about D.C. There's not a principal in D.C. I've ever met that is a leader of a committee or something of that nature who takes meetings alone. They don't. They usually have their lawyer in the room. If it's not a or, or someone who is a lawyer, like their chiefs of staffs are often lawyers or someone witnessing it. If the lawyer can't be there, I had to go talk to someone who was a very senior official in D.C. on the committee side about a family circumstance. And I noticed that he went over and opened the door so his assistant could hear. And I, I look, I get it. And by the way, that didn't bother me much because I was friends with the assistant. And that's OK. It didn't bother me much. But I noticed the behavior. So Washington, D.C., they know this, and Flynn trusted these guys because they're fellow, oh, I was going to say patriots. Oh, my bad. You are the target. So what do we do? If you've heard Sidney Powell, Michael Flynn's attorney, or you've read her work about the license to lie, or you've heard of people who've been absolutely railroaded by the so-called justice system, there's a bunch of things we need to do. One, if the president is going to take Flynn back into the administration, I'm not kidding. I mean, I kind of am because I don't know that he'd want to do it. And frankly, I don't know that he's law enforcement enough to do it. I'd love to see him take over the FBI. I, I really would. You talk about a guy who has an impetus to clean house. It'd be Flynn. But there's some fundamental changes we need to make, such as the following. We can never again let the FBI go, oh, well, I lost the 302 note. What's the 302? That's the notes on the investigation. Try it in court. Try it. You go try any of these things in traffic court. I, I, I dare you to go to traffic court for a speeding ticket and take in as evidence a, a sign that shows that the speed limit actually showed up as 55, not 45. I dare you to go in and do that when the judge says, uh, yeah, just where did you get that picture? Oh, I fabricated it. I made it up. It's fake. Uh, you're going to jail for falsifying evidence. Why have we not extradited? Why have we not extradited Christopher Steele, who falsified this, who fabricated this? Why is he not here right now? facing these questions because he's a member of, well, no, he's not a member of the club. He has too much information on the members of the club. That's why he's not here. If this doesn't chill people, it's that they think it could never happen to them. And you're wrong. It can happen to anybody from the smallest levels. There's a case 
because I, I love jury nullification, and that's very geeky, and we don't need to get into that, but basically a jury can say, yeah, they committed the crime, but the law is stupid. It's a, way, it's a layman's quick way of explaining it. There was a case of a guy who was uh, functionally uh, disabled, like mentally disabled, and he'd been accused at some point of uh, a sexual assault, and he didn't hurt anybody, but he was been uh, accused of like, um, sort of a, well, yeah, a molestation. Right, but it wasn't rape. It wasn't that. I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm really not because you can't minimize that. I mean, it's horrific. But he was functionally illiterate. He found the gun and he took it to the police station. He said, "Hey, I, I found this and and I'm I think it's dangerous." And you know what? They arrested him. Flynn trusted people and they arrested him. Remember, there's a quiz coming up, the perjury trap. It can happen to you. Hey, you know, coming around the corner is Mother's Day. It is, right? Rush has been giving a lot of thought to Mother's Day. And here's some things that he had to say about Mother's Day. Okay, folks, the first day of May, and that makes Mother's Day right around the corner. It's less than two weeks away. And you know the drill here. It's not if flowers are a part of your Mother's Day plans. It is that they are part of your Mother's Day plans. And so you know you're going to do it question is how and when and i think you should try to send your mom the moms in your life the best flowers available and i know where you can go to get them 1-800-flowers.com hands down tulips and roses tulips and roses are available for this year's mother's day celebration they are picked at their peak They're picked and shipped within 24 hours of the delivery date that you choose. Pick the delivery date. They'll pick them 24 hours in advance, pack them up and send them. That's why they last so long after mom receives them. This ensures their beauty. It ensures the fragrance. The aroma will last a long time. 1-800-Flowers guarantees your satisfaction. If you choose to order tulips, as an example, you can order a bouquet of 30 Freshly cut tulips for thirty nine ninety nine. You know you're going to do this, and it's it's. I mean, a lot of people are going to procrastinate and understand that. But if you're going to do it anyway, do it, and do it. Get it done. One less thing to worry about having to be done. One eight hundred flowers dot com. Click the radio icon you'll find on the top right side of your screen and enter my name as the code. And you're off and running. Or pick anything. If you don't want tulips, find anything on that page and send it. Or pick some roses. Whatever you want to do, they'll handle it for you. Get the best price. Guaranteed delivery. Pick your flowers 24 hours before sending them. That means they're going to last a week after they arrive. 1-800-Flowers.com. Promo code is RUSH. All right, there it is. That's Rush's thoughts for Mother's Day. And we'll come back. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Uh, it's a little radio show I do out in Seattle. Morning show. You can track that down. And let's get to this. We're talking about the justice system. And the I'm trying to explain to people how important it is we get this house in order. Just some quick suggestions. I want to get to the phones. It is Open Line Friday. Uh, I talked about making uh, General Flynn the head of the FBI. I'm, I'm only half joking. In fact, I'm only one quarter joking. Here's some other things. Agents who lie in the process of trying to get someone convicted should be personally liable for the lies. Michael Flynn should have the homes and bank accounts and retirement accounts 
of every single agent involved in this frame-up, period. The penalty for using the unmitigated power of the FBI, the world's greatest, hugest, most capable law enforcement agency, for misusing that should be life in prison. And you should have to pay civilly if you've lied to Americans, to lied about Americans to a court to gain a conviction. They have about a 96%, 98% conviction rate. And it's not because everybody's guilty. It's because they can wear you down. They threatened Flynn's son. They told Michael Flynn, we will put your son in prison if you don't admit to this silly, ridiculous, never been used before Logan Act, when in fact it wasn't even illegal for you to be talking to the Russians because you're coming in as national security director. And there has to be a house cleaning from the top of the FBI throughout some regular listeners to my show I visit with who are retired FBI agents, and it pains them to see what's going on. They were real live agents. It pains them to watch the political machinations in D.C., and every single person involved with this needs to be brought in for questioning. Every single one who did this to Flynn, and it's not just Flynn, it's Papadopoulos. George Papadopoulos, they went at him three times with two or three informants, but they went at him three times trying to get him to accept Russian help. They got so desperate. They tried to get him to admit it would be cool to get Russian help. What did Papadopoulos say? A, that's treason. B, people go to prison for that. C, it's wrong. We're not doing it. And and he gets punished. And this, you have the, 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 not to revisit it constantly, except for context. Smashed hard drives, lost emails, etc. ad nauseum from the Clinton team. Let's talk to Frank Dayton, Nevada. Frank, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Frank. Oh, what a blessing. Great to talk to you. Uh, Prayers for Rush. Yes. Um, Amen. I definitely think Christopher Wray should be put before the Senate. They need to bring this guy up. This guy is showing no culpability at all for the FBI. I don't like this man every time I see him. Um, I think that Rush, or not Rush, uh, President Trump made a mistake in putting this guy in charge. One of the very few mistakes Trump has made. But I hope that William Barr is going at Christopher Ray as his boss and putting the screws to him. But I'm not seeing it so far. Christopher Ray needs to clean up that FBI. Unfortunately, I think he is falling in line with his predecessors. Are you have you ever been to someone else's home, um, Frank, and you walk in and they let's say that they've got like 40 cats. My dad had at one point about 28 cats that started with three that were you know house cats and then they became feral. And so you walked into the garage and, you know, the smell you were struck with right away. Right. So, uh-huh. OK, my dad couldn't smell it anymore. I mean, he knew it was there. The cats didn't go inside and the garage probably pretty bad. I don't know that people can smell the stink. I, I think Ray probably senses something's wrong, but I, I cannot impart this clearly enough to people, Frank, that having worked in D.C., there's a separate set of morals. There's a separate set of right and wrong in D.C. 
There's, there is, I mean, bribes are a daily thing in D.C. And favor doing is a daily thing in D.C. And double and triple dipping is a daily thing in D.C. And everybody skirts the rules like sport. Like, you know, um, uh, elected officials are not to make fundraising calls from the official offices. So they walk across the street to the committees and they do it and they walk back to the meetings. And it's a difference without a distinction. So you've got to understand, I think that Christopher Ray can't clean it up because he can't see it. Like sometimes people don't like if you are a particularly tidy person or you are obsessed with cleaning, you walk into a house. Oh, my gosh, it's in a state of disrepair. People who live there say, no, it's comfortable. Ray is probably comfortable in this. So I, I firmly agree with you that it needs to be cleaned up. I don't believe an insider can do it, but I bet Flynn could because he's seen the other side of this now. Flynn has seen the other side of it. He understands now he can smell the stink because it's been put on him. So I like the suggestion, Frank, and I do think Ray should have to answer for that. I appreciate the phone call uh, to Rush's show. And it's not just Ray. I, it, it needs to be every single person, every single person who signed off on this and who knew about it. And by the way, there were agents who went to the, um, went to the media. There are agents who snuck to the media and said, and justthenews.com, John Solomon startup. Solomon is a straightforward reporter. I met him in D.C. I liked him the second I met him. Because it was straightforward. It was about the news. He's investigative. He doesn't care where the, the, the pieces fall. He doesn't. There were people who got in touch with him and other true investigative reporters to say this stinks. What they're doing to Flynn is wrong. And I will tell you this. If those agents knew, others knew. You know the big office secret sometimes? Oh, well, that guy, he does this. And everybody knows. Or you'll hear when someone is like finally brought up on a Me Too thing, like, oh, wow, they're finally getting to that. Or, oh, they just figured out Bob from accounting is skimming? Yeah, we all knew that. It was common knowledge at the FBI. Right? But this is part of the elites. When we come back, I want to talk about what we're learning about the elites and their panic about you and what they've done to treat the entire country like New York And I want to give you some stunning examples of people saying, stay the blank home. And in fact, going so far into Trump derangement syndrome that in fact, they may have developed a virus of TDS of a greater scale, more velocity and more concern than the coronavirus ever be. And I'm talking about, of course, the liberal media. We'll get to that as we continue. Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh. There will come a time when we get through. The coronavirus, there will come a time if we fight for going back to normal, we're going to have to fight because there's people who do not want to go back to the way things were. And I remember Rush saying, you watch, people are going to say, okay, this is the new normal. And he said, no, our goal should be exactly the way things were before all of this. It should be, yes, we're going to have football games and we're going to pack into that. We're going to go, we're going to sing the national anthem together. It should be a return to normal. I am going to use Rush 24-7. I'm a member to that, the Limbaugh letter, all of these things. You can do this at RushLimbaugh.com. I'm going to go find that show. I'm going to keep that show. I'm going to keep his evidence, some other things from Russia's programs, such as discussion of herd immunity, such as the odd happenstance that China decided to, to close travel domestically from Wuhan, but allow planes to go to New York and to Brussels and to Los Angeles and to Seattle and all these cities that happen to be really center to the economies of countries. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to those things when finally after the election, the media will come around and say, well, here's actually what happened. When you speak of the economy, I want to ask you a very potentially offensive question. Do you feel yourself a slave? Do you feel yourself a slave? 
Because Seth Meyers thinks you're a slave. He thinks you're so stupid you're being manipulated by Fox News to want to go back to work. A so-called comedian. I, 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 having worked in L.A., Hollywood, I can tell you they view you this way. They view us this way. That we're the great manipulated dummies who just don't understand we're being used by Fox News to go run the economy when, in fact, I like my work. And it's not always been radio. I've liked every job I've ever had. In fact, I've some of the hardest jobs I've liked the most. Farming and, and throwing stock and, and building, and being a, a back-breaking you know, manual labor, digging ditches. I liked it. I liked the guys I worked with. I enjoyed it. I was proud of the job. I've taken my daughter by buildings we built. I dug the holes. I dug the sewer holes here. Do you feel the same way about your work? Seth Myers can't understand that. So I'm going to go to Rush 24-7. I'm going to grab these, um, these segments, and I am going to, wherever I'm at, even if I'm back to digging ditches, I'm going to go to the guys in the work who got to hear this. Got to hear what Rush said. So you can be a member of Rush 24-7 as well. Um, I failed to do the quiz, the, the impeachment trap, probably the perjury trap with the first caller. So it's my fault. I'm warning Andre in Amondale, Virginia, that I am going to go through the perjury trap right here. So I'm just giving a warning. Andre, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Andre. Hello, Todd, and uh, prayers to Rush, and thanks for taking over on a Friday. Excellent show so far. I love your, your context theme, and, and that's kind of where I wanted to step in. But you wanted to give me a perjury trap first? Yes. So let's go through this real quick. Um, first of all, are you a lawyer? <laughs> no, but I play one on TV. No. I'm... All right, because a lot of people in Virginia are. Okay, so let's start with this. You were on hold, and you heard my monologue. True? True. Did you hear me mention that there would be a quiz? Yes. Did you pay attention then knowing that there would be a quiz? I did. Okay, so are you willing to answer questions now um, and under, under penalty of perjury? <laughs> I'll give it my best shot, Todd. All right. How did I refer right. to the honor of filling in for Rush? What did I uh, Did I say it's a great true, uh, true or false? Did I say it's a great honor to fill in for Rush? Yes, you 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 just you discuss the volume of the audience and the best show in the world, something to that extent. Right, but I I mean, so let me just redirect here, uh, Your Honor. Uh, is I've had a hostile witness here. <laughs> True or false? Did I say it's a great honor to fill in for Rush? Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Okay, that's perjury. <laughs> done. What I said is, and I wrote it. You got me. Yes, I wrote it down. Sure. It's the greatest singular honor to be here. So that's it. You're Michael Flynn. You're locked away. So here's the thing, Andre. If you don't confess, I'm going after your kids, baby. See how easy that is? See how easy that is? And you, you did a great job. You did a great job. So I don't want to take away from your time. You had a point you wanted to make for calling Russia's show. So set forth, sir. No, that was a great segue. Actually, I wanted to talk about an experiment. I'm a social scientist. Uh, I worked under Phil Zimbardo. Uh, his primary research is how good people go bad. And one of our uh, research research elements was studying a man named Stanley Milgram, the late Stanley Milgram. He has a famous experiment. And I think the experiment directly correlates with the Rush shows you were just citing. I caught Rush about a week ago, and he was talking in terms of killing the economy and that we were listening to Fauci and others and essentially the uh, Democratic governors in essentially killing the economy. He, he went on about how bad uh, it'll be if the economy does crash and and what uh, poverty does to uh, to people long term, you know, children go hungry, malnutrition and ability, inability to get health care and, and in a strong parallel. And this is what struck me that same night. I listened to Juan Williams on the five talk about that more than 60 percent of Americans surveyed wanted to stay in quarantine. 
And, and then the bells and whistles went off in my head. I remember the Stanley Milgram experiment. And the experiment was this. He was concerned about people surrendering their good judgment and critical thinking to what looked like authority figures. And to this end, he put a gentleman, an actor, in a white lab coat. He had another actor behind a wall, and he would bring in experimentees to sit down and read questions to the actor behind the wall. And every time the actor behind the wall got a question wrong, the, the person in the lab coat would demand that the experimentee give the person a shock. And the voltage started off pretty low, and the experimentee could hear the screaming. But everybody who sat for that experiment started the shock treatment, and they observed that the people were very uncomfortable giving shocks. And yet, 65% of the experimentees who went through the, ex the experiment delivered upwards of 450 volts, ostensibly killing the person behind the wall because the screaming stopped. <laughs> I remember and this. It was a very, and, and so my point here is, we have uh, this great experiment in 1962, and in 1974, uh, Milgram wrote a book called The Perils of Obedience. And it, it, if you have a moment, I'd like to actually read the last few sentences of how he summarized. As long as it's a couple sentences, because reading on the yep. air is something that yep. only Rush can do well. Go ahead. Right. He says, ordinary people simply doing their jobs and without any particular hostility on their part can become agents in a terrible destructive process. Moreover, even when the destructive effects of their work become patently clear and they're asked to carry out the actions incompatible with their own fundamental standards, relatively few people have the resources needed to resist authority. And in my world, this is what I'm seeing, that the parallel between what Juan Williams said, just over 60% wanted to continue the quarantine, Rush is telling everybody that we're killing the economy, there's long-term consequences, and yet just over 60% of the Milgram ex experiment delivered what were death blows to somebody they didn't know behind the, the wall. And so there's a very strong correlation in the studies and what we're seeing in social psychology and the behavior. So that's what I wanted to say. Thank you for taking my call. Yep. And one final note on General Flynn. Yeah. He's taken the oath of office at least nine times that I can count, and he swore to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and he actually did that. So I, it's good to hear that he might be you know, out of his perjury trap, but I'm still in it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're convicted. Uh, we'll just put you away. Thank you, Andre. You're going to jail now. Thanks for calling Russia's show. I appreciate it very much. Great point. And so let's expand on this just a little bit uh, from the point that Andre made. It goes back to what we started talking about at the top of the show. We started talking about context. Of course, 60% of people want to shelter in place and stay the, the blank inside. They have never, Dr. Fauci has never said, hey, you know what? The death rate was far lower than we thought. He's never said that. Dr. Burks has said far, a, a far lower percentage is dying of this than we thought. They have never come out and said, We've done some tests. There's been some tests done of prisoners who tested positive for the coronavirus. 96, 98% of them were asymptomatic. They didn't even know they were sick. They haven't come out to tell us this because if we have this context, that 60% becomes 20%. It's the same reason that the media doesn't want to talk about these things. I'm going to come back. We're going to take more phone calls on Russia's show. I'm going to tell you what happened to my producer, Alex, when I said, Alex, I want you to chase down audio of these um, from the YouTube of videos of companies that have UV blood treatments. I'm going to tell you what happened because it was literal censorship 
lifetime he watched it. It's not even driven by YouTube. They've announced, oh, we've turned this all over to the World Health Organization. You think the UN wants you to have context? They never have. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh, the EIB Network. Yeah, I'm getting words on uh, Twitter that there are huge protests coming today in California, Los Angeles, and Sacramento. Try to get uh, Gavin Newsom to lighten up. Like People can go to the beaches. I, I have a prediction that no one will get uh, coronavirus on the beaches. I read two papers about this. I've heard the statement from the DSH, uh, DSH official that the, 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 the virus dies in like 90 seconds in the correct amount of sunlight. I read a paper that's been submitted for peer review that was based upon contract tra- uh, contact tracing in the state of California. And that the, tra- the odds of catching coronavirus outside were almost non-existent. Odd. It's really weird. Since that paper was submitted for peer review, I haven't been able to get to the website. It's like there's a denial of the service attack on it or something. It's just down. I can't get to it. It's so strange. I heard Mark and I've heard Ken address this. I've heard them address these two doctors speaking in California from Bakersfield who went and did this press conference. And they questioned the lockdowns for the state of California. They went through the numbers. People dying, 0.03 of the people are dying from this. They talked about the ability to shelter the vulnerable. They talked about herd immunity. They talked about the fact that we need this. We've seen what's happened in Sweden. Sweden's in the middle of death rates. They're not the highest. They're not the lowest. They're far better off than a lot of countries who completely locked down their economy. And they didn't lock it down at all. They just turned to people and said, here's some things you can do. The elites here, they won't have that. Bill Gates has, has I, I worked for Bill. I mean, not directly, but I worked at Microsoft. But I, I, I admired him my whole life. I, I'm, I'm done with him. Because of how he views us as, as he viewed us as chip pieces to be moved around when he installed Common Core in the schools. Now he, with the World Health Organization, doesn't just want to control you and your economy and your income and your stored wealth, which is in fact the stored energy of your life. He wants to control information flow. My producer of my, uh, my local show I do in Seattle in the mornings, I said, Alex, go find videos of, of blood treatments using UV. I know there's a bunch of companies and startups and biotechs and some universities working on this. As Alex went to go find these videos on YouTube, he would click on a link and it would be shut down. It would, gone, it's disappeared. He went over to the Vimeo platform. Vimeo began disappearing these in his sight as he sat there and watched. They disappeared these. I don't know about you, but anytime someone doesn't want me to have context or information, it means they're lying to me. Your boss calls you. Hey, can you uh, pop in my office 4.30 on Friday? First question you want to ask is why. It's 4.30 on Friday. That's firing time. Why? I want the context. These are the things that you want to have. Hey, is this car been in a crash? Yeah, it wasn't a bad one. What's the context? What was the crash? I'm looking at buying the car. I want the details. I need to have the context. It should frighten everybody that people who want us to shelter in place, to give up our lives, to give up our wealth, to give up our economic standards, to give up our ability to feed our family, to give up our ability to have surgery. I just got a note from someone who said, hey, I finally could get a so-called elective surgery today. What was it? Oh, just a cancer screening follow-up. Just seeing if I have cancer. People who want you to sacrifice that based upon information that they will not let you have, they won't let you have the context, I cannot and I will not trust them. 
Ergo, I'll never trust Bill Gates again. He wants to make sure I don't have the ability to see doctors like that or inventions like UV blood screening. He's not trustworthy. Nor is the World Health Organization, but that's another issue. Yes, yes, again, all of a sudden not trustworthy again. All right, let's talk to Craig in Springfield, Illinois. You're on the Rush Limbaugh program. <laughs> Welcome, Craig. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush. Good afternoon. You talked about officials ceding their moral authority. Here in yes. Illinois, our, our governor issued a stay-at-home order, except his wife traveled down to their equestrian mansion in Florida during the stay-at-home order. <laughs> A reporter wrote a story about that, yeah. and in a follow-up press conference, somebody asked, what about the fact that in the stay-at-home, your wife is down and she left the state? Pritzker, our arrogant governor, said, my official duties have nothing to do with my family, so I'm not going to answer that question. It's inappropriate, <laughs> and I find it reprehensible that a wrote a report about that story reprehensible wow he's our governor wow so what he's saying is that if your family chooses to go outside if you choose to go down to uh i are in springfield but if you're in chicago you chose to go again the navy navy pier your family and the reporters can write about that but not the pritzker family no, wow no, i mean it you gotta can't you can't touch them because that's family and it's not a part of his official duties Wow. wow! I thought stay at home was for everybody. No, I thought you know th- this is this is the seeding of moral authority that you know we all look at this from our perspective. I see De Blasio. The story you're telling is just it's 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 painful, and I look out uh, where you know I'm from the West Coast, and I see this. Uh, Planned Parenthood can continue to do abortions, but if you've got a hole in your tooth and it's so bad you can't talk or sleep, you can't get that done. Government construction jobs have never had to take a break. But private construction jobs have been tossed to the side. It's safe to ride around in the subways in New York City, safe to be enclosed in a can underground with everybody's droplets of sweat and exhalations. But don't you dare walk in Central Park. What are you, insane? You're going to die walking in Central Park. Uh, That's how you lose moral authority. Craig, it's a great call. Appreciate you phoning Rush's show. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Open Line Friday. I think Stephen wants to talk to us about... Someone asked earlier, why didn't Tara Reid come, come forward earlier? Uh, Stephen, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. We've got about uh, just about a minute and a half here, Stephen. Hi. Hi. Well, I, I wanted to basically say a lot of times it's shame and fear of coming forward. Um, for me personally, when I was 11, I was sexually abused by a neighbor. Mm. And they kind of, I think, you know, they... Not till many years later did I kind of seek any sort of professional help mm-hmm. and find a way to get over it and get through it. But uh, but fear has a lot to do with it and shame um, because you know it wasn't wasn't a normal situation with it when it was it being a man abusing me. Yeah. Um, and so that made it that much harder. Yeah. And and it totally you know and and like I said there. People that are abusers are very good manipulators. Yeah. And uh, and so, and of course, with Miss Reed's situation, she's going up against a powerful man, and uh, there's a lot for her to lose, potentially, by coming yeah. forward. Yeah. So I kind of understand that. But, 
yeah, you know, you you find it, like I said, it it destroys you personally. I mean, I was suicidal at one point in my life, and uh, luckily, um, was lucky enough to, at some point, finally get tired of it and yeah. good some professional help. Stephen, uh, uh, I I regret that we've got just a brief time. I wanted to tell you, you are a brave man, and it's a blessing what you've just said to others. Stephen, you just helped a bunch of people. Thank you. My heart is glad it is, obviously, because it's an honor to fill in for Rush. It's an incredible honor uh, that you listen when I fill in for Rush. It is Open Line Friday. My heart is glad for that. 800-282-2882 if you want to join the show. My heart is also glad because I was just telling folks uh, at EIB that I'm getting a ton of tweets from people showing me videos of protests, and it gladdens my heart. It gladdens my heart to see people in the streets of Chicago. Someone just sent me something from there. I've seen Los Angeles and Sacramento are coming up. I know that there is a major protest coming up in uh, Washington State on May 4th. I know that. And it, it gladdens my heart. And I will tell you why. is because it speaks to a lot about you and what the elites don't understand about you and me. We are good people. We are people who have taken an enormous hit. Now, I, I've, I've taken very little. To, I'll be honest with you. I've lost some income, uh, and I have a regular flow of it. And I've, I've, I've rewarded my well, myself pretty well financially through hard work and smart work, and I've been lucky. So I, I'm certainly not the poster child for harm. And I talk with people who are running on credit card fumes, and, and I've talked to them, and they said, you know what, this, when this began, I was, I was glad to stay inside because I was told that so many people were going to die. So if you're at these protests, and you can get through on the phones, 800-282-2882, I would love to hear firsthand what's going on there. Here's the part the elites don't get. We stayed in our homes, or at least a lot of us did. I'm, I'm done. I was done with the shutdown about four weeks ago. But I don't live in New York City, and I don't live in a highly populated area right now. This was a decision we made voluntarily. We are governed at the consent of the governed, and the protests are showing this, that people have been paying attention. Oh, wait, it's not 3 million people. I'm not going to protest yet. Okay, it's not 2 million people are going to die. All right, I'm not going to protest yet. Well, it's not 1 million. And then it's flatten the curve. And you know, I've heard Mark, I've heard Ken, I've heard Rush do a master class on this. An absolute master class of they never come back and say we were wrong. And at one point or another, they're going to have to say, hey, we were really wrong. At one point or another, this will come out. It has to. So my heart is glad that the American people, hey, are saying, wait, something's up. We see the goalpost moving. We're done. You don't get a you don't get a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh chance to say trust me. From most people, you don't. And that's what we're seeing is people on their third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time being told to trust them. That's what we're that's what we're seeing the results of. That's what people are in the streets about. And here's what the elites think. The elites think that you are in the streets because you're 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 angry. You're you're angry. Uh, you you just don't. You're anti-science and and you're listening to Faw News and and you're just anti-science and you're you're twisted by conservative media and no, you're saying I watch. I was told it would be this. And now I was told it was flatten the curve, and then I was told the hospitals would be overrun. And now I'm not seeing the hospitals overrun. In fact, I have a lot of friends, you do too, who are doctors and nurses saying, we're out of work. 
We don't have work. Because these so-called elective procedures have been shut down. You have hospitals, rural hospitals, about to close. So for people who live in the city, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but understand this. That rural hospital could serve 1,000, right, 250,000 square miles. Well, that's a rural hospital. That's the, okay, so there's a doctor in town. It's not a hospital. I am glad to see the people still have in them, we do, this instinct of, wait, you are done fooling me. And it wasn't even that we were fooled. It was that, wait, if it's really like this, then we're going to have to give in for a bit. But guess what? This game is done. This one doesn't work again. This and, and if they were truly just mistaken, the numbers are just, well, we just had bad numbers. Guess what? You better have good numbers next time because you've lost the trust. But here's what I want to hear. Here's what you want. Here's what should be done in this country. Absolutely around COVID-19. I want Burks or, or Fauci or someone in the health field at the federal level to get this right. I want them to speak to us like adults. I want them to do what was done in Sweden, and it should go like this. When we first learned of the virus, it appeared that it was much more deadly than we'd thought. The virus is, in fact, not as deadly as we thought, and it's very serious. It's a serious virus. We cannot continue to keep people out of work. We don't have the money. The federal government doesn't have the money. We can't continue to print it, and so we are opening the economy. And here's some things that you need to know. If you are over 80 years of age and you come in contact with this virus, you'll probably die. You'll probably die. And it is not a pleasant death. If you are above the age of 80, you need to stay sequestered. Here's some ways you can stay sequestered. Here's some things you can do in your home. Here's some ways you can cleanse surfaces. Here's some suggestions about keeping the windows open, etc. Here's how you can have food delivered to you in a way that is safe. Here's some places you can go. Here's some things you can do. If you don't do these things, you'll probably come in contact with the virus and you'll probably die. And we don't want you to die. If you're above the age of 60, you're in a risk category, but not as serious unless you have the underlying health conditions that are these. If you are obese, if you have diabetes, if you have severe respiratory problems, if you come in contact with the disease, you're likely to die. And if you don't die, it's going to be very painful and it could have some terrible after effects. You need to wash your hands constantly. You need to limit your contact or you'll get this virus and it's going to be very painful and you might die. That means that, no, you can't go play with the little kids. You can't roll around on the ground with them. That's sad, and it's horrible, and we hope that comes back. But you need to understand this is the equation. Now, you can make your own choices. You're an adult human being. You can make your own choices and act accordingly. If you're below the age of 60, between 60 and 40, unless you have real severe health problems, you're probably going to be okay. But you don't want to get this thing. So take some precautions like washing your hands, like being a little bit distant from people, etc. But if you're below the age of 40, you're probably fine. And if you are below the age of 20, in statistically speaking, you're probably not going to get this at all. If you do, you'll never know it. What does that mean? It means that you're safe, but grandma's not. You're safe, but grandpa's not. You also have to protect the people in your life. Now, if you're a business owner, what does this mean? 
it means that there's some changes you need to make or your customers will die. If your customers are old, here's some changes you need to make. It would be treating us like adults. Do we think that the American people are so bereft of will or so bereft of intelligence that they couldn't take directions like that? Yes, that's what the elites think. That's what they think. You have to be told you have to stay inside or everybody dies. When do you simplify orders to that degree? Babies. Hot, hot, hot. Babies go near the stove. Hot, hot. That can burn you. That's hot. Dogs. Calm. Benji calms. You make it simple and consumable, and you make it binary with your dogs. No, no. You know, we have a beloved little kid named Pingu. I call her Pingu until she jumps up on um, on our kitchen island. And at that point, she's kitty. And when I say kitty, she turns to me like, oh, I'm in trouble. Because they've made it simple. But because she's a smart cat and she's a cat. You... And me are thought of as cats and babies. Beautiful beings, lovely beings, but in need of things being simplified. Sweden didn't do this. They're not at the top of the death charts by any stretch of the imagination. Then they're not at the bottom. They're in the mid-scale. And their economy is not wrecked. And they will not have people dying of starvation. And that's not going to happen in their country because their leaders led. Their leaders respect the people enough to say, and I won't attempt to do a Swedish accent because it would be mocking and horrible. They went through a statement like that to people. This could be done in our country. It could be done tomorrow. But instead, we face a weekend of governors saying, you can golf, like Inslee in Washington, you can golf, but only with two people, but four if three of you live in the same house. Um, but the other person can't live this far from you. Or you've, I've just seen this um, in other states where people are saying, yeah, you know what? They're opening the parks, but not at night. Because, you, hey, you go there at night, you're getting COVID-19. But you go there during the day, you're fine because, okay, yes, I guess the sunlight affects the virus that, to that degree. And at night, hey, you know what? Stand a little further apart at night. The protests around the country are because people have caught on to The situation has changed radically, but you're using the same simple command. Sit. Sit. Stay. Stay. Sit. It does my heart glad to see the American people saying, "Uh uh-uh. We're going to pressure you. We're taking our rights back, and we're going to be smart and safe because, you know what? We care about our health. And our grandparents. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. And, oh, we were just watching. And uh, Bo Snerdley, who Rush is named the official program observer, just pointing out to me the new White House press secretary, Kaylee McElhaney, is holding her first press briefing. And Bo said, hey, you got a TV? Yep, I've got Fox News. And he was saying, hey, what's different? And I said, okay, well, so she's young, she's uh, attractive, um, and he said, what's around her neck? It's a cross. <laughs> and 
she's wearing all black. She's wearing a silver cross. And you wait. I cannot. I am so excited to watch the left just unhinge themselves about this. I. It's, what is it? It's uh, 11, 23 or so of West Coast time. I give it 10 minutes before I can go on social media and find people melting down about the cross. If if that, and I, obviously I can't search social media because I'm, I'm, I'm engaged in chatting with you. It's Open Line Friday, 800-282-2882. I'm wanting to talk with people who are at protests uh, because there's protests going around there, or, uh, on around the country. I got a note from a longtime listener on social media who got to me on Twitter and said, hey, his name is Brad Alexander. Brad said, hey, uh, I'm finally getting to have a follow-up procedure. He is finally getting in to say, okay, I, I believe, uh, I'm not looking at it, right, but I believe it's a cancer follow-up. I've got listeners who have been waiting to have gallbladders removed. And, oh, well, that's elective. Well, no, not if the gallbladder goes really bad, then it's not elective. I've got listeners, one listener wanted to send me a picture of his tooth, but I said I'll pass, but he said there's a hole, the, the tooth is gone. It's The tooth is a hole now. It's the, the actual tooth is gone. It's a hole. That's No, we can't take care of that. And I have notes from people at major hospitals saying, we are restructuring. In Stanford, they've given 20% pay cuts to people. It, doctors and nurses, they're furloughing doctors and nurses. That That's Stanford... That is maybe 20 minutes outside of San Francisco, if that. Maybe 20 minutes. And in, in, in more rural regions, it's even more serious. And if you would think there's one population of people who know how to cleanse uh, and how to stay safe and sterile, I would imagine, I would think that would be the people who work in hospitals. But again, it goes back to the elites. Again, it goes back to we have to make it super simple. Sit, stand, no, don't. Because that is how the elites think of us. Furthermore, you think they'd like to have a world where they tell us to sit and we do? So my heart is glad that people are standing up and beginning to notice that there's some things. Not everywhere is New York. A lot of people in New York are, are in severe problems and my absolute sincere prayers to them. Speaking of that, Kurt from Killeen, Texas, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Kurt. Hey, Todd. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for calling. Hey, um, as I told uh, Mr. Snurdly, I'm a private investigator here in this area, Central Texas area. We have uh, conservatively five major hospitals, including the military hospital. And if you drive an hour out, you could probably double that number. I cover that whole area. Not one single hospital is overwhelmed as being reported. And, in fact, I'm on a surveillance case at the moment uh, of a an emergency room doctor and his emergency room nurse wife who are currently on vacation. And uh, if, if they're so in need of all medical personnel, and I've seen reports of people being called up, hey, you used to be a nurse, would you like to come back to work? If they're in that such a need, then why are people on vacation? And I'm, my my subjects are not the only two that are on vacation as well. So well, it, in my opinion, this is, yes, there is certainly a virus, and it's certainly de- deadly for certain people, but it's also being utilized as a political weapon and a propaganda tool. So um, 
There's no doubt. There, there is no doubt. And what what has been so frightening to me, um, you know, what what's been so frightening to me, Kurt, is how quickly people have said, "Oh, well, you need to stay inside." And you know, it's become it's become a cause. People have mm-hmm. taken this as a cause. Their their life has been empty of causes because they've so many people in our country have never faced any legitimate form of struggle, not one. So they've got their yeah. oh, underwritten college and et cetera. So now they've got a cause. You know what it is, Kurt, to force you to stay inside. That's their cause. Yeah. Have you ever uh, heard the childhood story, the new emperor's clothes or the emperor's new clothes? Of course. Yep. 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 Well, you know, re- revisit that and kind of look at the comparison of that with the mass. You know, nobody wants to be that guy or that gal that says this is all a bunch of hooey. You know, they want to go with the mass and mass yeah. says, oh, God, yeah, COVID, COVID, COVID. Right, right. Okay. Then and, you get and, the little girl that pops up and says, hey, that guy's naked. He doesn't yeah. have any clothes on. Right. And, and, here's, and here's something that we need to understand, Kurt. That, that it's so important to understand this. We can say this is being used as a weapon. We can say the media is hanging around President Trump's neck. And those things are true. And you know what else? There are people I uh, that I've talked to this morning who are under the emotional weight, Kurt, of, and they're people that you respect, trust me, who have friends who are dying. They've got family members who are first responders who've had the virus. And they are, one person told me this morning, I think six or seven cases, I think three of those were deaths. So let's not be the media saying, hey, it's all, you know, one size fits none. It's very serious in New York. It's very serious. It's taking lives in New York and some other places. And it's being used as a political weapon. And Dr. Fauci is containing information. And social media is censoring us. And Bill Gates seems to be truly thrilled that people have shut down their lives. And he wants it to go 18 months. And you know what, Kurt? It doesn't make it less offensive that they're doing right. this to, to mention the fact that there are people dying. So I want to thank you for the call, Kurt. Uh, thanks very much. And interesting. I was tempted to ask you about the what you're looking to these people for, but I appreciate you calling Rush's show. Thanks very much for that. And one thing on this, and we'll get to this in the next segment. I really wonder, I do, about the hurt feelings of people whose loved ones are dying of the flu. Now think about this. We're told corona, corona, corona. Yes, it's serious. And yes, it's being overblown. Both things are true. What about people whose family members are dying from the flu? Are they saying, hey, wait, are we not tragic too? Right? Is it just COVID-19? It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Indeed it is. Uh, Todd, filling in for Rush. Appreciate you uh, hanging with me. I don't, I, it's, this is pretty surprising that I have to point this out. In the first segment of this hour, I gave a framework of how I would prefer that the so-called authorities communicate with us in terms of of keeping people safe and walking this balance. We're just making the point with Kurt from Texas. This is a very serious thing. There are a lot of people in New York City still dying. Friends of this program, well, friends of this program, the most integral people to this program, no folks, who have been exposed to it, have had it, and have died. So it's, it's, it's very serious. And, right, there is a way to reopen this country by treating us like adults. I just provided a framework. All I said was here's an example, a framework. If you're 80 or older, you come in contact with this, you're going to die. I understand that everybody's not going to die. I get that. When we do data and numbers on the show, I promise I'll have pieces of paper in front of me. I will read the statistics. We've done that today. I'll do that. I was providing a framework. The framework is treat us like adults. 
recognize that not everybody is as vulnerable for this as 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 everyone else, that kids are statistically not vulnerable. Let us reopen under those circumstances. I, I hate that phrase, let us. We're, we're reopening. I just got another tweet. Um, Arizona, the third, there's high noon. Uh, Phoenix, there's going to be another protest. People are getting this. And they're not saying, these protests, the signs don't say, oh, New York's a hoax. These signs don't say, no one's ever died. That's not what they say. What they say is, we can be grown up enough to reopen our stores and our construction businesses and our lives and take precautions. Because despite the media and Bill Gates and the World Health Organization and apparently Dr. Fauci, etc., not wanting you to know about Sweden, you do. Why? This show. EIB has never been more necessary. Russia's voice has never been more needed to provide this context. It is Open Line Friday. Enough of me. Let's talk with you, Tim, in Toledo, Ohio. You're on Russia's show. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Tim. Hello. Uh, the reason I called was I wanted to talk about the context of some of these numbers. Yeah. And I think one of the, the, the one number I think we really need is the number of people who have died, period. You know, take January 1st to April 30th of 2020. It doesn't matter. Homicide, suicide, accident, illness. How many people died? Pick a city. You know, New York, L.A., Houston, Seattle. Doesn't matter. And how, once we have that number, before we even break it down, how does that compare to last year? How about 2018? Uh, is there a difference at all? You know, if, if uh, what, what becomes a significant increase? 5%, 10%, 25 uh, Right, right. And you're talking about context. And when people want to cleverly lie to you, they don't give you context. So you, you get an example in your personal life. Uh, hey, honey, I saw you. Uh, I drove by the coffee place. You were having coffee with a guy. Um, who was that? Oh, that's just your neighbor. We're talking about um, the, the fencing along the side of the house. Okay. Oh, we're also, like, talking about, you know, this or that. Oh, okay, you didn't give me that context, right? So that's what they do. And the context that, that I saw this, Tim, I don't know if you saw this. Um, Powerline blog put out a piece that they went back and looked at the hospitalization for flus. And I'm quoting by memory here. Two years ago, there were about 800,000 people or so hospitalized. or, or uh, and, and prior to that, I think it was around 600,000 hospitalized. And you know what I didn't hear, Tim? At the time, I didn't hear our system's going to collapse. Did you hear that our system was going to collapse last not year and the all. year before? Right. So you're yeah, asking you're asking for context. I hear you saying, give me more information, not less. Yeah. Right. Yeah, can I make a comment on Governor Cuomo? Sure. When he came out and said something, I can't remember exactly what it was. You can find it but about how... Uh, the state of New York was going to be dependent upon whatever the federal government gives them. The very first thing that came to my mind is this fiasco, a contrivance to basically bail out a couple of states that are in in trouble. Bingo. It's become that exactly right. Exactly right. That there are states now that are saying you need to pay for our schools. You need to pay for the school security guards. You need, and Nancy Pelosi's all in pay off the pensions while we're handing out the money, pay off the pensions. And just understand this. Yeah. Tim, this is so fundamental that I want people to understand. Let me ask you a direct question. Is there such a thing as federal money versus state money? No. Right. 
There's no such animal. What is the thing the federal government can do that states can't do as much of? There's one thing financially. Well, they can print money. Boom. There you go. So what the states are saying is, please bring about inflation. And please get us to a point where inflation becomes deflation so we can balance our books so lazy leftist governors who have run their states financially into the ground can say, hey, look, I've balanced our budget. Our budget is balanced. Okay, but we're $30 trillion in debt with $300 trillion in unfunded liabilities. A lot of that's to China. Maybe that's not good. I do hope, Tim, I really hope we see CFO Trump in the second term. President Trump will be reelected. That's what I want. I hope so, too. Exactly. I appreciate the phone call, Tim. Thanks very, very much. Um, I want... CFO Trump. I want him to say, wait, uh, what was it? A hundred public companies got bailout monies? No, no. I want him to look at this this guy, Jim Vandeheel. I'm not I'm not, I'm not mispronouncing his name on purpose. It's it's an it's a unique name. He runs Axios. I think he was one of the founders of the political. He's the guy who pretended he couldn't pronounce Rush's name. The same week Rush was the recipient of the Medal of Freedom from President Trump. Vin, Jim Vandehale or Van, De, I, I promise I'm not trying to mispronounce it. Pretended he couldn't pronounce Russia's name. His organization, which is backed by billionaires, got bailout money. I think it's about ten million bucks, something on that order, to bail out a a journalism entity run by a billionaire. And we're not supposed to talk about this or the context of that, etc. It's extremely frustrating to sit and watch that money go to that organization. At least Shake Shack has given it back. The president, God bless Donald Trump for this moment and many others, shaming Harvard. A $39 billion endowment and you stuck your hand out for coronavirus aid? You're still charging people to go to school and they can't go to school? You're sticking your hand out for coronavirus aid, Harvard University? I read an analysis that Harvard and other schools like that could provide legitimately cost-free college legitimately just by using their endowments, not even draining, not even touching the principal, using the interest and carried interest in returns they get from investing those endowments, they could legitimately never see those endowments go down and let people come in without spending their own money. I'd like to see that happen. Bonnie, Two Harbors, Minnesota, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in on Rush's show. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Todd. You had asked if um, anybody thought people would go back to work once this is all blown over because of multiple reasons. Anyway, I called up because I've been telling my husband, I'm 64 years old. I've been retired for quite a few years now, and I don't have to go back to work. But I have been telling him that if I see any place in our little town that has a hiring sign, they need somebody to come in and work, once this is done, I would be willing to go in and work for free just to make sure that the economy starts kicking up again. You know, and I have pre-existing conditions. My husband has pre-existing conditions. But, you know, we are people that like to work. We are people that like uh, the economy when it grows. We love President Trump. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of people that will go back to work. Uh, see, it just pleases me so much to hear this. I don't know, you know, um, Bonnie, it doesn't sound to me like you're someone who wants to live a risk-free existence. Right. I and what sort of uh, what sort of beings live risk-free? Slugs. <laughs> Slugs. You did that better.
better than I ever could have hoped for. I mean, I guess they risk being stepped upon. How about this? Um, my uh, my daughter was talking about getting pet slugs and putting them in an aquarium. That's a risk for existence. Or her beloved gecko lizard. That's that's a risk for existence. Yeah, uh, yep. they're living in there and being fed crickets. That's a great point. God bless you, Bonnie. I love Thank it. Thank you. That's that's see, you know what? Right there, we got we we, we got America back with Bonnie. Appreciate you calling. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. We should kept track of where this article comes from. Uh, writer's name is Jeff Spross. This is a sort of um, self-imposed misery. I, I really have trouble relating to self-imposed misery like this. He writes that uh, Republicans literally want Americans to work to death. That's that's literally what Republicans want is is to work people to death. Oh, it's from uh, the week, theweek.com, Jeff Spross. And his contention is, and he writes it this way. Republicans represent the regular working stiffs, the forgotten men and women of America who've been left behind by the country's effete liberal elites. Or at least that's the message that President Trump GOP leaderships in the American right in general have been pushing for years. <laughs> and the actions of Trump and his fellow Republicans during the coronavirus pandemic suggest they see American workers as nothing but cannon fodder to be sacrificed in the name of a rejuvenated economy. Do you see yourself that way at all? This is a person typing at a keyboard, probably from home, probably with an elite education, probably thinking that you poor, you poor dummy, you fell in the radio. Look at you. You're just a celebrated disc jockey. That's all you are. You're just spinning the hits. That's all you do. You're talking to, and, and about your, your job, whatever you do. Oh, you work in construction? What, you couldn't get behind a keyboard and type away? You're not part of the knowledge economy or the Bloomberg thing? I can teach you how to plant plants. You spit in the ground and drop a seed in it. We, on the other hand, understand that we were meant for toil. And you probably are deeply proud of your job, the way you earn a living and fill the bank accounts of your families and food on the table. I bet you like your work, and I bet you would say to Jeff Spross, Bud, I dig doing AC work, HVAC. I'm very proud of what I do as a police officer. I happen to like construction. I like being outside. I build things. It's important. I like to drive away when a project is done and know that'll be there for the next hundred years. And he contends that, oh, because President Trump wants to reopen uh, these, uh, you know, these meat processing plants. That's a sign that he wants the workers to die. And I'll just give you this comparison. This is from um, uh, Kazakhstan. A woman named Alicia Supstania was 31. She had had coronavirus. She decided to go out and celebrate the fact that she had, she had gotten over coronavirus. She's, she was going to live. She went hiking with a friend to Duden Park in uh, Antalya, Turkey. She climbed over a safety fence in the park, posed for an image on the edge of a cliff, and fell 115 feet, and she died. She did not want to live a risk-free existence. She didn't want to be a gecko lizard in an aquarium. She wanted to be a human being 
And part of being human is taking risks. And part of being an adult is taking pride in the work you do, even if it's not the work you want to always do. And people like Jeff Spross at The Week, they're imbued with the elite spirit that if you're not behind a keyboard in the knowledge economy, oh, you poor little thing. Sam in Erda, Utah, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman filling in. Uh, hey, Sam, good to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, mega prayers, mega bittos to Rush. Uh, my, my point goes along exactly with, with what you were just saying. Um, I'm not denying the statistics that uh, it's more deadly for people over 80 or 60, but if the virus is with us to stay and we continue to make fear-based decisions, at what point do we allow people over 60 or 80 to go back to normal life and not live in fear of the virus? Well, exactly. And I, I think the answer to that, Sam, is when you do it. I mean, I think that we are nearing a point where it's going to have to be us who say to the government, yeah, we're done now. Uh, we heard three million. We heard two million. We heard one million. We know New York is scary. Um, we know we've got people we love and respect who are, you know, have watched their friends die and have the loved ones who are first responders. And you know what? We're done. We're going back to work. I think it's going to have to be that. Do you do you agree that maybe it's just going to have to be like in the state of Utah? Um, Erda is a pretty rural part of Utah, as I recall. That you just say we're going back. Yeah, I I can't believe what our governor's doing. I mean, we we just barely started opening up uh, restaurants and different things today, but his plan is not to allow churches to open up until October, and it it just doesn't make sense. No, it's it's that's a ridiculous let, thing. Yeah, I, I think we need to let uh, people just make their own choices based on how, how they feel comfortable and not let the government tell us what we can and can't do. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, this, this framework I was trying to provide, tell us how to best protect ourselves according to epidemiology, physicians, doctors. Tell us that, and we're going to get back to work. Sam, I appreciate you phoning uh, Rush's show. Thank you very much. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh. We'll come back and wrap it up just right after this on the EIB Network. What an incredible honor to do this. It, it's just chilling when I think about the fact that I just once again filled in for Rush. I want to thank Mike. I want to thank Keith and Greg and Allie and James Dash Bosch, nerdly. And, of course, Rush Limbaugh himself for letting me do this. Uh, one of the magical portions of the show, one of the, the, the overlooked magical portions of the show is right now there are people in New York, and I can tell you in down Man, downtown Manhattan, you're part of America, and I'm praying for you in, in what must be incredibly scary to know so many folks who've died. And may God comfort you and protect you and give you wisdom. And I can also go to across the country. We just took a call from one of the more rural places of Utah to say, may God be with you in, in your attempt to reopen, to bring your economy back. And get back to what makes you proud, which is providing for your family. And all the way out to the West Coast where there are, in fact, major, major protests coming. May you, in fact, find comfort in the fact that we are all welded together in this. And at least on this program, there is only one America. And that is that everybody is treated as an individual human being with individual desires and needs and ability to grow. And isn't that one of the chief lessons we've been taught in all these years from EIB? The strength of the individual which builds a country. It's Todd Herman. It's been my absolute honor to fill in for Rush on the EIB Network. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 